Welcome to All Things Green. I'm Shelby, here with my co-host Anton to discuss a variety of topics from across the sustainability universe. Anton, how are you today? Welcome back. So super duper, I'm doing pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually brought you a present today for our Policy and Gov episode. Yes, it's my favorite kind of episode and I also love presents. This here is a cutting from not the presidential plant itself in the Oval Office, but a cutting of a cutting of a cutting of the Oval Office's plant. So basically the same plant. It's genetically the same. Oh my gosh. So I have a plant and uh, it's popping off because I have a green thumb. That's right. Yeah. And so uh, I put this in water. Just give it some time to grow some roots and then you can pot that MF and call it a day. What kind of plant is it besides that's, that's presidential? A, it's a Swedish ivy. And it's the most photographed plant in the world <gasps> because, you know, you know, Oval Office type stuff. Yeah. You know? How did you get your cutting, yes. your plant that you gave me this cutting from? So my friend Jeffrey was friends with somebody who interned at the White House. Okay. And President, or I think it was Vice President Biden at the time, yeah. uh, actually gave Jeffrey's friend cuttings of the Oval Office plant. So <laughs> I got cuttings from Jeffrey, and now you got cuttings from me. So Whoa. Okay, so I'm connected to Anton, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's friend at the White House. And, and vis-a-vis... Current President Biden. Yes. Thanks, but thanks, Biden. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I, I almost said that, and then I realized that well, it was under his presidency that this yeah. would have been given out. So right. that's so exciting. I can't wait to put this in my house. So how do I take care of it? Uh, just keep it uh, wet, I guess. Uh, you know, once a week, water it, give it some bright, indirect sunlight. In this little cup? Yeah, yeah, until it... Uh, Till it grows roots. And then okay. once it's potted, it's it's easy peasy. I mean, okay. it'll be in good shape. And I'll, so in a, once I've got some roots, yeah. I'm just going to walk through this so I yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. I get it right. Yeah. Once I have my roots, <laughs> I put it in a pot with yeah. regular soil. It doesn't need yeah. any tropical soil no or anything. No tropical soil. And then I pot it in my regular soil yeah. in a pot. Would you recommend a pot that has like the drainage yeah. holes and a little? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh. Sometimes I'll overwater mine and I'll start mm -hmm. getting like those uh, brown spots on it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you overwater it, you'll get brown spots. If okay. you underwater it, it'll start kind of yellowing and drooping. So okay. you'll kind of it'll take like a couple weeks to find that happy medium, but it's it's pretty hardy, so you won't kill it. Okay, I've also got an app called Planta yeah. that I put all my plants into that tells me when to water them. So I'll oh, have to add cool. this. Tell me one more time what this is called. Swedish ivy. Swedish ivy. All right, I'm gonna add it to my app yeah. once I plant it. Once I actually put it in. A planter in a pot, yeah. I mean, and then I'll take care of my little presidential <laughs> cutting. That's so exciting. Well, make sure that uh, the app knows that this is uh, royalty status. You I'll know? name it that way because, you know? yeah, you can give your plants names. So make like, sure the app takes extra good care of this one. I will. Like my parents brought me a money tree um, <laughs> yeah, I know when, those. yeah, when I when I got my house, and um, they told me they have one, and their last name is McGee, and so they called it. G money for the gee. G money. The gee part of McGee. Yeah. And then uh, ours is K money because of camera. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. It'll, this Swedish Ivy will sit next to K money and I'll make sure it has a name like President Swedish yeah. Ivy. I'm really hoping that we can make like a, like a TikTok or something of you explaining the K money and the G money. <laughs> I think people will like really respond well to that. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for this gift. I can't wait to pot it and uh, and keep it forever. Yeah. Hopefully I don't kill it, but if I do... I'll give um, you another cut. Thank you. <laughs>
All right, cool. Well, this is a policy and government episode, not a cool plants episode. Although, couldn't they be the same thing? Sad. This is a political. This is a political <laughs> plan. But actually, I wanted to start by talking about a new bill yeah. that just passed through the California Senate, um, or really the California Assembly, and it is California Senate Bill 253. My sources for today's episode are from State Senator Scott Weiner's own website, from Reuters, what from the Washington Post, <laughs> and from CalMatters, which this was the first time I'd ever referenced CalMatters, but they're a nonprofit, okay. nonpartisan, wow. California, full statewide uh, You got your sources source. cited. Got my sources cited always. <laughs> Even we'll always correct it if we get something wrong, yeah. and you can also blame any of these people yeah. if anything's wrong. But too. you don't get things wrong, so <laughs> not except that one time. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me tell you about what this bill is. So California Senate Bill two fifty three is the Climate Corporate Carbon Disclosure mm. Bill, um, and it's part of the Greater Climate Accountability Package, which was proposed by Senator Weiner, who we already talked about, also Senator Henry Stern and Senator Lena Gonzalez. And you can check out a little bit of a story about Lena Gonzalez in 1 p.m. Weekly News. Um, Mm. Shout out to 1 p.m. Weekly News. (laughs) So this actually just passed through the assembly floor in California, which means it's headed to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk so he can sign off on it, which we're hoping that he will. Um, It actually passed through the Senate last year in California, but it failed um, on the assembly floor. So they put it forth again. So this bill would require any company that does more than a billion dollars in revenue um, per year that also operates in California. It doesn't have to be incorporated in California. It just has to do business in California. Wow. They would have to submit an annual greenhouse gas emissions report. So how's that sound to you so far? Okay. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. So I just want to get it straight. So these yeah. are companies that just do business in California. Any company that does so, business in California that brings in more than a billion dollars in revenue. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're probably talking about a lot of companies in the U.S. then, yeah? Yeah, a lot of companies in the U.S. Wow, so okay. this bill is is currently endorsed by Apple, Google, Microsoft, Salesforce, Ikea. Curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might be wondering, like, why, yeah. why would they endorse this? Yeah. Wouldn't that make business harder for them? Right. Um, well... I think it's important to point out that some of these businesses are already reporting their uh, greenhouse gas emissions. So like Apple is already doing that in its own way. Uh, So taking time every year to put together a report of their greenhouse gas emissions. Um, But also I think it probably looks good to their consumers, to their markets. So if I'm Ikea and I think that my market is people who care about the environment, then saying that I'm in favor of a bill like this might appeal to a consumer. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of sounds like it's not just like big tech companies. Like when I think of California and I think of, uh, I don't know, places with little emissions, I don't really mm-hmm. think of like as much manufacturing. I'm thinking like like Google, what do they really manufacture? Maybe they're Pixel and that's it. But we're also talking Ikea and mm-hmm. other places as well, yeah? Yeah, definitely. So we're talking California, we're talking big companies, so you might jump to like Silicon Valley, especially right. because companies like Apple and Google are yeah. already saying they're on board with this. But there are a lot of companies that this would impact who do business in Silicon Valley, right. or sorry, in California, yeah, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Um, because really, it's any company bringing in more than a billion dollars in revenue. So that could be companies like Walmart or Target. Wow. Um, could also be oil and gas companies like ExxonMobil. Could be banks like JP Morgan, yeah. um, JP Morgan Chase, um, or it could even be health insurance like United Health Group, who does so, United Healthcare. Yeah. So that's like pretty crazy because like California's putting this bill forward that could like 
add transparency to like for the entire U.S. to see like emissions, yes. right? Which is like in theory kind of cool. Yeah, I would say in theory <laughs> it is. It is cool. Um, it makes these companies, especially the ones who are endorsing it, look like they're pro-climate, yeah. uh, ESG, like all these buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious if that rings of greenwashing to you in any way. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, right? It's like whenever these companies, I mean, companies normally, their their main profit, their main motive is profit, right? Their main motive is not to save the planet. Right. Um, so unless this is going to help them make more money, there's no reason why they would be in favor of it. Agreed. And you alluded to that, right? Like the consumers who value a green company are going to be the ones that maybe look to this and say, oh, wow, Google's going green. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And yeah. like you, even you just mentioned like, oh, what does Google really manufacture? Maybe their phone. Um, and so I think there are a lot of uh, consumers who might see that and go, absolutely, this is great. I want to keep buying my iPhone, my Apple Watch, and I can do that with a clear conscience because Apple is reporting their emissions and they're working towards net zero and all of these other things. And none of that is to say that that's not a good thing for us to be thinking about. It's just what would the motivation be for the company to do that? I don't believe that every behemoth company is like set out to destroy the world or anything. I don't (laughs) don't want to paint with a broad brush. Of course. But they also have shareholders and they have to put those people's money first. And so there's a lot of conflict around uh, like what's the motivation here and what can they really show. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what this bill says they have to track and report, et cetera. So Senator Weiner, who put the bill forth, says that the reporting would be simple but transformational. That's a quote. So the idea is to make it easy enough for these companies to do it so that they actually will do it. Um, And he attributes that to part of the reason why a company like an Apple or a Google would get behind this. Yeah. The bill would include three different scopes of things that they have to report on. So first, they have to report on operations, how you operate your business. They also have to report on things like corporate energy use. So how Mm -hmm. does the corporate side of things operate? Yeah, like keeping the lights on. Yeah, stuff like that. And then also supply chain and end users. And I think this is the most important thing. Um, I'll also be curious how they do that in in real time. Um, But that can be up to 90% of a company's emissions. It's relatively easy to install motion sensor lights in your corporate office so you can say, oh, you know, we're keeping lights off when there's no people in there. But that is one tiny piece of the puzzle. What, What really plays into it is where are the raw materials coming from? What kind of energy is used to generate all of that AI that Google is putting forward? Or what happens to that material when it is no longer useful to an end user? So like you or me, if I have an iPhone and it stops working as they all inevitably do, (laughs) then they have to think about what I'm going to do with it. Do they have a place that I can responsibly recycle that or whatever? Great point. Yeah. So that's that third scope that like they're... Like the manufacturing and stuff like that. Yes. Their full supply chain all the way down to the end user is wow. something they're supposed to report on. But that sounds enormous to me. That's a big task. A big task. Yeah. And also, are you reporting back to Google or Apple what you're doing with your phone? Uh, no. Yeah. And I don't see a future where they can do that. Where they can say, okay, you're buying this iPhone, so you've got to report back to us uh, what you do with it when it's done for you, when mm-hmm. it's no longer useful, right? Yeah. I mean, I wonder, 
I mean, they're spying on us already. Maybe they could just be like, okay, this phone hasn't been turned on in like, I don't know. Maybe. Four maybe. weeks or something. They can GPS track that I just <laughs> yeah. put it in a landfill or something. Yeah. So I, while I absolutely applaud the idea that we are, are pushing for more transparency in carbon emissions from major corporations, that is absolutely something to celebrate yeah. in theory. This kind of reporting is really imprecise. You know, we think right. about all the kinds of reporting that businesses do on on their human resources, on their finances, things that are really like quantifiable. That's a little harder with this, especially when it's coming out of one state rather than kind of at a federal regulation level. So yeah. they're going to set their own rules about what they want you to track, but what do those metrics look like? So Cal Matters. Uh, that source that I mentioned at the top actually pointed out that this might encourage the use of proxy measures. Mm. Oh, well, we don't know what Anton did with his old phone, but we surveyed some people who said that they recycled it. So we're going to use that data to say that yeah. everybody's recycling our phones. And so it can be used to either estimate things uh, in good faith or to mislead uh, in their reporting and make it look like they're doing better. CalMatters was also worried about reduction duplication, where the same company might be counting uh, their sort of subtraction of emissions the same way another company is. So, mm. oh, you know, our company invested in this forest, so we're offsetting carbon, and then another company <laughs> is also counting that same forest as their offset. I could so, definitely see that happening. Yeah, yeah, so there could be some duplication there. So there, there are real... Um, questions and pushback against this bill and is that scope enough is asking people to report really what we need compared to act like better regulation or what they can and can't do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like a great bill, right? Like it sounds cool if it's done right, but if it's not done right, then like we're just kind of patting ourselves on the back, right? Like, yeah, we're getting closer to saving the planet when in reality, like these fortune 500 companies can be just like totally fudging numbers and, Making everybody feel like everything's all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope this is done the right way. Yeah. Well, I, it reminded me a little bit about the ethical pork thing that we talked about. And so I guess that's one of the things I'm happiest about with this is that if it's done right, if it turns out yeah. to be great, then maybe it'll be like that pork law that came out of California. Yeah, it'll influence the whole country, right? It influences the whole country. Absolutely. That would be cool. So I mean, I'll... Oh, go ahead. California's like playing like federal politics almost right now. Like <laughs> Exactly. And they kind of have to because the federal regulator who promised to do this, who promised to, mm. to set up reporting requirements, has not done it yet. So that was no. promised way back at the beginning of the year and it hasn't happened. So oh. good for California for trying. I'll be really curious to see what it looks like in practice. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, how we hold companies accountable. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll end it there, and then you can tell us about some more policy and gov that you're interested in lately. Yeah. So California, we talked a little bit about California. Let's talk a little bit about Texas, huh? Yeehaw. We, we, yeehaw. Can I get a yeehaw, ladies and gentlemen? Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Inside Climate News recently reported um, that last month, the state of Texas uh, their general land office, a, a government agency that basically oversees the leasing of public lands, they awarded six leases to companies that want to perform carbon sequestration underneath the floor of the ocean in the Gulf of Mexico. So what's your first impression? 
I need you to remind me how carbon sequestration works. Okay. I can't believe I even just said that without messing up saying sequestration. Yeah, I know. I was worried about it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed yeah. it. So carbon sequestration, this is something that you can just pull out of thin air um, using machines. Um, you condense all this carbon sludge basically, and it, it functions like an injection well. Some, some oil and gas companies are using it to... Um, actually inject next to their fracking operation mm. to push oil over to their uh, to harvest the oil. Uh, so okay. I, it's hard to it's hard to picture it's hard to picture it, but uh, you have an injection well here. You have a fracking rig here. Mm-hmm. You shoot the uh, carbon sludge down into the earth. It pushes the oil to the production well, and you can get more oil that way. Like an oil carnival ride. Yeah, like a Ferris wheel like of a oil. Big old Ferris wheel. <laughs> Like the like the strawberries at the Home Days Festival, mm. just spinning around and smothered in oil. Yeah, yum. <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing when we wrap them in plastic. So, yeah. but anyways, uh, the nice the nice thing about uh, the nice thing is we have to take carbon out of the environment. Uh, I'm I'm pro carbon sequestration through the ways of like planting forests, um, investing in natural resources. Uh, like coral reefs and things like that to pull carbon out of the air. Um, the machines I'm less excited about because you displace that carbon and you shoot it underneath the earth and that carbon will end up leaking into people's drinking wells or mm. perhaps even messing up oil and gas operations. Like if it leaks into a production well, um, it might shut it down. It might cause issues. We don't really know because carbon sequestration isn't really like a proven science, but it's a science that's pushed by the oil and gas industry. So, Why do you think that is? Why do you think they are more pro-carbon sequestration than other options? Yeah. Well, I think carbon sequestration gives us the illusion that we are able to keep using fossil fuels mm-hmm. or maybe prolong our use. Um, it's really easy to sell people on the idea that like, oh, green energy is not ready yet. We're not ready to make the transition to green energy. We have to keep oil and gas pumping. So let's just offset our emissions rather than actually get off of fossil fuels. Got it. Uh, it's a it's a big illusion, and it, it's just going to encourage more fracking. Um, they're trying to do carbon sequestration in Ohio, and we already have uh, over 200 injection wells in Ohio, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like toxic radioactive waste just leaking into people's drinking wells. So that's why that's my that's my my uh, carbon sequestration take. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to fight anybody on it if they want to. Okay. <laughs> Anton is asking for a fight in the comments. Go for him. Don't don't come for me, though, because I didn't ask for that. Um, so getting back to the general land office in Texas, they've set up these leases so that carbon sequestration can happen um, in the Gulf of Mexico underneath the ocean floor. Um, they actually did award an lease back in 2021 for carbon sequestration off the Gulf of Mexico. Um, but it's kind of picking up steam now. We're talking more about carbon sequestration. And uh, it's kind of a practice that's being more used and more accepted, but it's also being refuted and not totally accepted by environmentalists. Mm-hmm. So on the topic of carbon sequestration, I find it really interesting that some Democrats are actually divided on the issue in Texas. Okay, tell me why. So I have to talk about a different government agency in Texas. Okay. We talked about the uh, General Land Office, and yeah. they, they oversee strictly like public leasing of lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's actually another 
commission called the Texas Railroad Commission. Oh, I remember this. You do? Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I definitely need you to refresh my memory of what they actually do. But yeah. what I can tell you, it's not railroads. <laughs> yeah, it's not railroads. Not anymore. <laughs> when I used to live in Texas and vote in Texas, I remember I would always read the League of Women Voters Voter Guide. Yeah. And it would say under the Railroad Commission, it would be like, just as a reminder, this is not about railroads. It's, it's really it's like oil about, and gas, right? Yeah, it's an energy regulation right. agency. And so they They've been seeing the overseeing the carbon sequestration in the state for some time. And these representatives that are kind of like skeptical of carbon sequestration, uh, they actually wrote to Michael Reagan, the head of EPA, federal EPA, mm -hmm. and was kind of like, hey, the Railroad Commission has been like kind of out of whack sometimes. They like lift their own regulations and rules to favor oil and gas companies. So we want you to step in and just oversee and make sure that when we do go forward with some of these carbon sequestration projects, that they're not just lifting rules that are going to make communities sick and mm. harm them and put people in danger. Um, other Democrats are being like, you know, whatever the EPA says is fine, whatever they say in the review, it's cool. And talking about the state EPA. Mm. Um, so there's kind of like that weird rift. Um, some people are just skeptical of the, the process. Other people are just like, yeah, we're gonna roll with whatever EPA says. And in my experience working for an environmental justice organization, we've had to push EPA on a lot of different things. And there's some really... Ohio EPA or Ohio national? EPA, Ohio mm -hmm. EPA. Uh, Buckeye Environmental Network actually wrote a petition to the federal EPA saying, hey, our state government is not cutting it. Like, they are out of whack. So you have to come in and make sure that our communities stay healthy because they are, like, being negligent about permitting injection wells and they are overseeing oil and gas operations that they don't have the capacity to do or even know how to keep up with. When are you going to take over EPA so you can make oh, all wanna, sorts of better decisions? Come on. No, I want to I push politicians to do what they're supposed to do. I don't want to have to play a political role. Like, head of EPA, come on. Come on. What are you actually doing? Well, you maybe could do something. You're just Biden's, you know, you're, you're, you're Biden's whatever, you know? You, you don't want to have to be in the political system. You want no. to work outside. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I want to like, I want to like show up at your like doorstep and like, you know, be like, hey, maybe you could we're change. We're going to tar and feather you if you like don't do something, you know? Oh, see, I thought you were going to be like meeting with constituents, shaking hands, that but too. you, yeah. you went for a little different thing than I was expecting. You're right. Maybe just you should maybe you shouldn't go into politics. Uh, yeah, I don't want to have to be diplomatic. Like we have urgency and a crisis on our hands. And uh, I think there is a place for diplomacy and working within the system, but it's not my, it's not my shtick. I understand. <laughs> I'll remember that every time you tell me that I should go into politics. <laughs> you should. You'd be excellent. Thank you very much. I've, uh, I've only run one winning campaign, and it was for my seat for the Cuyahoga Soil and Water Conservation District. For your seat? My seat, yeah. I didn't realize that you were on that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an elected official in the state of Ohio. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm totally getting you off track here, but I just no, that no, was no. all news to me. Um, yeah, so I'm not saying that EPA is like a, a conspiracy. Um, but I'm saying that sometimes communities voices aren't heard and we need the, we need the federal government to step in to make sure that, um, there's no funny business in our state politics. Yeah. You know, I, that's what government's for to play referee. So, yeah, I love that. Well, thanks so much for telling me all about carbon sequestration. Uh, see, I'll do I, it literally any time, Shelby. <laughs> I knew I couldn't say it both times. Sequestration, um, both here in Ohio and in Texas, and and hopefully helping me understand it and the audience understand it in other places too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All that's right. bad. How about you let everybody know how they can stay up to date with us? Absolutely. 
If you'd like to stay connected to us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at One Planet Media. That's O-N-E-1. And if you'd like to rewatch full episodes, check out our YouTube channel, All Things Green Show. You can find all of our sources from today's episode in our show notes. We'll be back at the same time next week. Thank you for being a part of the global sustainability movement. 